Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal with Conan Neutron and Josh Davis. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and cover power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree to shop and nail it. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? That's like a science thing, right? Oh yeah! Science hey. thing, science place, this is how we do, this is what we are, this is the show, this is the place, the the home of the one and only... Photonic reversal. And we welcome you to it. Hello Josh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm alright, Conan, how are you, sir? This frenzied, frenzied, yes. and, uh, chill evening. <laughs> and by chill, I don't mean like... It's relaxed. No. I mean anything but that, really. Yes, yes, quite. Uh, chilly. Uh, chilly, yes, yeah. chilly. I don't know if we want to do the weather update again. We'll just uh, go yeah, go. Absolutely. Sure, why not? We got, we got uh, yeah, it uh, got, uh, we finally broke that polar bubble there, got all the way up to uh, 56 I feel degrees. Like you should have a theme when you do this. I feel like we should. Uh, 56 degrees, and by the time I uh, head on out uh, back to my place tonight, it should be about 20 yeah, that's real, uh, that's pretty abrupt. Real good. Thanks a lot, Wisconsin weather. Stop killing me. Yeah, it, it's like one of those things where I, I easily could have dressed appropriately, and I, I didn't. And I don't mean I had an exposed midriff. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I just did not wear the appropriate attire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's um, I particularly um, weather is something that affects my sinuses quite a bit. Mm. Uh, particularly, uh, you know, weather, you know, temperature changes. Is that a Jandic record? <laughs> It may well be by now. It should be. That's right. Never too stressed out to make jokes. Hey, weather affects my sinuses. <laughs> the less one of those Jandek records, I think. It's one of those bass, fretless bass only ones. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, weirdly, he just mic'd the sound of the no frets. It's just up on the fretboard. He isn't actually, it's, it's, yeah. it's really, uh, it's, it's a strange, it's unique. you know, well, Jandek, what are you going to do? So weather, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the whole thing. That's 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 what I had prepped. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, that's some totality of my material. There you go. We're all done. Oh boy. Yep, 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 yep. That's uh that's pretty much how we do here at Protonic Reversal. Yes, sir. I, I'm still not over my brazen and um unabashed contempt for almost every other show and how I just don't think they're any good. And I wish I could uh <clears throat> I wish I could not be that way, but I, re- I just, I, well, I am. I just am. <laughs> I want everybody to step up their game. Step up your game, other shows. Step up your game. All right. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's I, not a, I, this I, is not a joke. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't necessarily share those opinions, so I can't really. Like, I'm not saying every show. I'm just saying the vast majority of them. Okay. I mean, by, by sheer manner of. Um, you know, uh, law of averages. Well, yeah, most most sure. shows are going to be like not that good, but yeah. I, I think especially with a uh, you know, let's call it broadcasting, podcasting, call it what you will. Uh, I think people just tend to get enraptured with the sound of their own voice. Oh, yeah, we don't have that. 
Oh, no. We no, don't have no, that, no, man. No, no, no. no, no we're fine. We're, well. <laughs> we're talking about people. Talking about other people. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, whole, no, no. It's a, it's a whole thing. Uh, but no, no worries about that, a protonic reversal. No, no worries about that. We are definitely... Do, do not need to be humbled. We're, we're doing pretty good in that <laughs> and around. <laughs> hey. Oh. Uh, we got a pretty good guest today. Yeah. I'm stoked about that. It's um, Mr. Dave Ketching of uh, the, the amazing Rancho de la Luna, which is a very unique, bizarre, and beautiful place in Joshua Tree, California. Uh, many amazing records have been made there. And this is solidly in the, uh, the desert. Scene. It, not only is it in the desert scene, it's literally in it's the desert. Actually, it's, in it's, the it's, desert. It's, <laughs> it's a very uh, apropos scene name, is what I'm saying. Right, right. It abs- absolutely is, and it's it's something where uh, everything that has gone on with uh, the world of desert rock has pretty much always happened with some degree of you know bare minimum one degree of separation usually zero degrees of separation yeah. with uh dave and rancho de la luna okay it, it's, it's a pretty interesting it's a pretty interesting thing so he's recorded a lot of great bands he was in a great band himself called earthlings mm-hmm. that was a uh, pretty awesome he is a touring member of eagles of death metal which is a uh, hard-working rock and roll styled outfit <laughs> Rock and roll styled out. Yes, that's yes. Yeah, yeah, that yeah is, accurate. That is, yeah, no, I'm not wrong. I'm that not is wrong. Dead on, Conan. But I'm not wrong. The Conan Trust. <laughs> uh, and yeah, um, I'm excited to talk to him. Should be should be pretty good. I think we're gonna actually play a tune yeah, off the self-titled Earthlings record. Um, yeah. As per normal, I don't know any f- goddamn songs at all. Oh, I don't want to play a seven-minute one though. Um, here we go. This is uh, <laughs> Reaper. Don't feel the fear of the child.
Wickety oh. wickety wow. I like records that go like that. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's an art an artifact of its time. It was some good whoops. That was ninety four. Ninety four. Yup. Yeah. So I don't know who played what, but I think Fred Drake's on that as well. Uh I think <clears throat> Senior DG involved uh, <laughs> was on some of that record. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what. I don't know if it was on that song. Don't know if I care, but Earthlings, interesting stuff. And uh, Dave's an interesting dude, and we're going to be talking to him shortly. I'm really looking forward to that. Yes. Um, there's some rock and roll happening pretty soon in uh, nearby, uh, nearby locales to us where we are currently oh, broadcasting. Yes, yes. Isn't there, Josh? Yes, indeed. Tell uh, us more about that. Well, uh, tell you what, down in Kenosha, Kenosha, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. wonderful Kenosha, Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, t- uh, uh, tomorrow night there is a show featuring uh, Mr. Conan Nutrin and the Who? Secret Friends. Who? <laughs> 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 Who? I don't know that guy. And Secret Friends. Uh, I don't even know which Secret Friends is it. Uh, God Eater Secret Friends. Uh, yeah, Dylan yeah. and Nick are in, in this lineup. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so that's Secret Friends of many. Mm-hmm. Uh, and are they playing as well? They are. Yes. Uh, it is. Um, Forgotten the, the entire lineup. Twelves? Yeah, twelves. Oh, twelves are so good. Twelves and uh, God Eaters and Conan Trent the Secret Friends. So yes. if you're around <clears throat> that kind of stuff, there is that, that area. Uh, <laughs> also closer to, uh, to uh, Milwaukee mm-hmm. by being in Milwaukee. By being in Milwaukee, yes. Yes. Uh, Cactus Club tomorrow night. Uh, we got uh, Rented Rooms, fantastic Chicago Rented band. Rooms. Rented Rooms playing with Rally and mm-hmm. Hot Coffin. Hot Coffin. Hot a coffin. A hot coffin. So we got two real good shows going on tomorrow night. Yeah, so if you happen to be catching this live and are in the area and not listening from uh, Timbuktu or Brazil or something, yeah. then uh, go to those shows. And go if not, down. well... Fucking don't. That's fine, too. <laughs> There's also a bunch of stuff going on Saturday. There is. What is going on Saturday, Josh? Um, I don't know. I have to skip all of it. I have to work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible time to take a drink, because I almost snarfed all over the radio console. Oh, jeez. Uh, but there's uh, uh, Cactus, uh, Quinn Sharber, and the something or others are playing. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, along with uh, Mariel Alschwang. And, the uh, Tom from uh, Seminars is, is Yes, Tom Gabel will be yeah. in town playing the drum or the burst. Burskater? I don't know. <laughs> the uh, and that's um that's a good show. There's something I think there's something else going on with buddies. It's it's Oh, there's a Rutabaga, Mint Mile, uh, yes. Photo Curio, um and band I am conveniently forgetting. Oh me too. But that's in Chicago, yeah? Uh yes, at yes. not Township. At nope. uh Hideout. Hideout, that's right. That's right. So yeah, yes. good, good rock and roll weekend for being a fucking <clears throat> shit cold, weird. Uh, yeah, that happened quickly, man. That mid, was that was a mid January. That was a quick thing. We'll have to make sure we ask Dave about the weather when we have him on. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just got those, you know, those mid mid January blahs. Maybe you can shake them out of your shake them out of your head with some rock and roll. Indeed, I think that's a solid plan with no appreciable or known drawbacks that I'm aware of. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I thoroughly agree with the thing that I said that you already agreed with. I'm trying to think of, did I do anything this last weekend? And mm. I, don't, I don't really think I did. I was I kind of caught ill a little bit and just sort of all plans fell by the window. So I, that was about yeah, it. I definitely didn't. I uh, It was still in the, uh, the polar bubble there. So it was still minus one or something on Saturday. So I'm just like, did not leave the house. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's great. 
And then uh, Sunday got up to like 30. Mm-hmm. So when we actually, I, uh, we had practice and I walked out of the house and I just kind of, I forgot it could be like this. Right, right. It's amazing. And uh, yeah, practice is coming <laughs> along. I don't know. That's about it. I, 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 I forgot that it could be like this. I it's did. amazing. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> from, from, from fucking oh, Christmas to last Saturday, it was just bitter fucking cold. Anyway, this yeah. is uh, the weather podcast with... Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is this is. I guess this is what we do when we when we don't have adequate preparation time. Yeah. Um. But you know, it's protonic reversal. That's uh, this is the, this is the thing. We're gonna be talking some cool stuff shortly. Really shortly, depending on how quickly I can fucking dial. Um, <laughs> and tr- tr- trust that once once the weather <laughs> yeah. gets you know decent again, we won't talk about maybe, it. At all. Maybe we won't discuss it at all. Who knows? <laughs> That's my plan. <laughs> Who knows? Um. But yeah, of course, we're going to be speaking very shortly to uh, Dave Ketching from uh, Rancho de la Luna, and uh, looking quite forward to that. The heart of Joshua Tree, and uh, I think uh, we have him right now. Dave, is that you? That's me. What's going on, guys? Dave hey. Ketching, how you doing, sir? Oh, I'm not even ready with my my freaking button. <laughs> God, Christ, I'm there off we my, go. I'm off my oh. hand. There, there we is. go. There we go. It's a mu- muted applause, but applause nonetheless. <laughs> uh, how's yeah. How- How's there the how's the desert right now? Is it uh, are you are you feeling that uh, that desert cold or is it still kind of uh, uh, what, what's happening in Joshua Tree? What's it, what's the the scene report in Joshua Tree? <laughs> the scene report in Joshua Tree is that it was very warm earlier and the sun is going down and it cools off considerably at night. So it's getting a little chilly, but nothing too bad. The days have been fantastic. I feel like that's something that people that haven't been there don't realize is that it gets pretty darn cold at at, at night. It's you know yeah it's it's like desert. Yeah, it's it's sure. it's it's not out of the question. And a lot of people just you know, especially people that only know uh, <laughs> the desert from like you know Wiley e. Coyote cartoons and things along those lines. <laughs> Well, the, the, we do have the Roadrunners out here, that's for sure. They are, yeah. They're a little less sassy than in the cartoons, I found. But uh, you know, Actually, they're, they're a little more sassy, are if they you really? believe it. If you, oh, yeah. They're, they're pretty crazy, man. I will say that. Well, they're, they're, there's a lot of... Uh, I've got a lot of faith in our Roadrunner brethren to really bring the damage when the time comes. So that's good to know. Where... Where is it? Where? What is the scene report? Where you are? Uh, well, that's what we just were talking about <laughs> yeah. for like twenty minutes. But like, it's uh, it's 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 was very mild and kind of Bay Area like, I would say, for most mm. of the day. And then suddenly, uh, in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here, it's it's dropped about uh, I don't know, forty degrees in the past like hour and a half. Yeah, and uh, it's not it's, a lot. Of oh time. yeah, that's, that's chilly. Yeah, well, chilly. You know, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's what we do. Uh. Jumping right into it, I think that uh, oh, jeez, oh, oh. what oh could not be more professional. <laughs> this is some show, let me tell you. Hey, this is, uh, hey, some show people. Oh, hello there. You guys hung up on me. Yeah, not uh, not by <laughs> not by anything intentional, but we're back with you, Dave Ketching. Sorry about that. Uh, of course, <laughs> several people have been fired for the error. We regret the error. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You guys work fast. We do. We do. Yeah, we 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 actually have an actual uh, trap door that we just yep. push a button and um, yeah, they go down to the alligator pit. It's got a sign that drops that says you're fired. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. We really yeah, just in case we don't feel like actually saying anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah it's, you know, you gotta... We have the same. Thing. We have the same thing here at Rancho de la Luna. I, I believe trap it. Trap door. I, I, I believe it. Is anybody recording down there right now? Like, what's uh, what's what's the what's going on at Rancho? 
Uh, we were just doing some uh, Masters of Reality recording the other day, and we're getting ready to step up to some Earthlings recordings. And, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so just kind of keeping it in the family for the next uh, week or so. I've got a band from L.A. called Mean Heat that's pretty cool that are coming out for a couple of days. And then I leave for tour with Eagles of Death Metal. We're doing a little West Coast run with Queens of the Stone Age, my old band. Nice. And it's going to be just the West Coast for, I think, 10 days, something like that. And, yeah, that's about, that's about what's going on right there. That's uh, That sounds okay. <laughs> it sounds like you got some stuff going on. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. We, we haven't toured together, and, man, I, don't, I can't even remember. We did, we did a, a tour together maybe like eight or nine years ago, maybe longer. I, wow. I can't, honestly, I cannot remember time very much anymore. Things just kind of cruise along, but it's been a while since we toured together, and we are really looking forward to that. Well, and especially when you have kind of like a similar cast of characters that sort of like kind of cycle in, cycle out, whatnot. I mean, it probably it's a lot easier to kind of see it as like one sort of like through line through all of it. Um, Absolutely. Which is not a bad thing. It's just a thing. I mean, and that's and that's something that and that kind of brings brings me to something that I you know you just naturally gave me the best intro ever because I kind of wanted to talk about the desert sessions. I've actually been thinking about it a lot lately because I revisited them recently and kind of just marveled at like what an interesting thing those were that just kind of like walking in with like not not really any expectations like playing music for the sake of playing and then coming out with like really cool warped weird results that wouldn't necessarily be what anybody would do if they were planning it but kind of is something unique and cool on its own and uh, yeah yeah they're some of the most fun things to do it's really uh, you know I've i've been a fan of everyone that's been included so you know, you're a friend and a fan of all this stuff because right. it's so cool. So you're kind of in awe of each other because everyone's amazing. And, uh, yeah, no one has any expectations. You just come in. Uh, it's funny. I don't think anyone has come in with tunes, you know. Like, I think everyone just kind of comes here and hopes to see what happens because every time, it doesn't seem like, Someone comes in and goes like, yeah, I wrote this. Let's, let's record this. It's more like people sit on the front porch and talk to each other and then drum a guitar and come up with a little something to surprise each other. So that, in that respect, it's really cool because you never know what's going to come from anything. So yeah, that's and that's something I was going to ask is is if you know because it, it kind of seemed like from what I know about it, which granted <clears throat> is you know not necessarily from an authoritative standpoint, but it didn't really seem like the kind of place where somebody's like, hey guys, so I wrote this song, <laughs> like the middle fifth does this, and there's like a bridge, you know, like it's sort yeah. of like no, just that's you're going to get some weird sounds. Somebody's going to like hit a pedal the wrong way, and you'd be like, hey, that sounds fucking cool, and then that's going to be like you're that's off to the, the races, and that's that that's from an outsider's perspective anyway. Do you think that's someone on the mark? Yeah, well. You're pretty much exactly right. There's there's one on one of the last desert sessions, which is um, it's called Powdered Wig Machine. Mm, yeah, and and everybody was taking a break, and they went to grab some food, and we were having a little problem with a microphone. So I set up a microphone on an amp, and I just went in and grabbed the, the nearest synthesizer and put a little sequence on there, <laughs> so that so that it would just loop. And see, you know, so I could test the mic. Sure. And when, and when I came in, you know, Josh was like, "What the hell was that?" And I'm like, "Oh, you know, I'm just checking a mic." And he goes, no, 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 you leave it on. 
so we left it on for a few minutes and, and it did its thing. And then, um, then it became, I have an idea for this. And Josh freeze went in and played some drums and then, uh, PJ Harvey decided to sing on it. And then, you know, just, it just snowballed from there. Mickey from <laughs> Ween grabbed a guitar and added some guitar parts to it. And next thing you know, it's a, that, that session especially went by super fast. People just, we had people writing songs in the back porch, people writing songs in the front porch, people recording here, people recording at the, I mean, writing songs at the house next door, and we were just breathing through things. Wow. Yeah. It, it kind of almost seemed like, uh, I mean, it was just sort of, well, it seems like the polar opposite of you, you know the okay the pressure's on we got to write the record guys let's write the, it was just it kind of seemed like just the ultimate expression of creativity that way especially as you mentioned yeah. with the, there's you know like different factions kind of like working on different things at the same time and then like bringing it in and it, I, I think that sense of fun kind of comes through in all those uh, in all those records and and just well, well thank you that that's that's I'm glad that you caught that because it it is really fun you know it's, it's, Josh always invites people that he really has a admiration and respect for and knows and, and at least hopes it'll be fun. You know, like it's all, it's all people he's met, but mostly people that have not met, you know, other than him. And they just come out here and the next thing you know, they're writing together. So that, in that aspect, it's, it's pretty amazing. So yeah, that was one of my one of my other questions is that you know for the most part, obviously aside from the usual cast of characters, you know, is it is it something where people are just coming together and like, oh hey, you know my name, you know my name is Joe. Oh cool, awesome. All right, let's go write a song now. <laughs> <laughs> or is there any kind of uh, like meet and greet, or is it just sort of uh, you know just off to the races we go? You know, it's kind of off to the races, and that's awesome. <laughs> uh, meet, 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 meet your friend while you're recording together, or while the other guys are recording. Do the meet and greet because we we've, we've only got four or five days together, so it's not know, really it's a lot of time. Kind of, yeah, no, it's not. It's you know, you jump right in when you're here. Hmm. Wow. It, it's yeah. It's I, I was I was trying to think. It, like I was explaining it to somebody. I was, I was playing to one of the records, and I realized it's such a it's such an anomaly as far as something that you know. Yeah, you. I, mean, I think some people may be like, oh yeah, I know a guy that he's got jam sessions and they record and they, you know, there's a thing on a cassette and you can go to like a SoundCloud to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cool, I get yeah. it. But this is like it just like the caliber of it is, is so. Which isn't to say that you know every every song's gonna gonna be a hit necessarily, but it's so fascinating to hear. And I actually will throw on some of the Desert Chest and stuff if I'm ever kind of feeling uninspired, just to kind of like, well, in some cases, just like get down with the idea of like like that this kind of thing can happen. Like if you just sort yeah. of like take away these 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 barriers and, uh, that you have for yourself, these blinders, staying up, staying up, and yeah, yeah. And well, I've, I've been very, I've been very lucky. I, that's kind of been what I've done my whole life, you know, just playing. And even when I started out in Memphis, uh, we always played in each other's bands, you know, uh, we, there was this kind of a small scene. And when, you know, guitar players were interchangeable because everybody had different gigs and, mm -hmm. you know, we all were, we all liked each other and had fun playing with each other. And that kind of continued on to my band earthlings. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I was friends with uh, Josh and the guys 
through Hutch, my best friend. And we then from there, we invited the Caius guys up who they were never like that. They always just, just only played with each other their whole lives. So right. it kind of yeah. shut a whole new thing. Huh. And and then that kind of took over, you know, they saw how Earthlings were working, which was, oh, you're here? You're going to have to play something on this while you're here because you're here. And, <laughs> you can't be here and, and not we, play, sir. <laughs> yeah, you're here. Um, you got to play on our new record. So, but yeah. And then I think Josh just kind of liked that idea. And, you know, obviously we weren't the only people doing that. You know, at the same time, he was learning about a lot of things like can mm-hmm. and stooges and stuff and just more about experimentation, you know? Sure. Well, totally. And that's something where it, it's, you know, you, you kind of, I guess not everybody does, but I think, I think in life personally, it's nice to have that kind of like outlet, that, that kind of mind expansion, you know, whether you get there through chemical means or, or otherwise, just someone kind of opening up the world for you to be like, Oh, this is awesome. I never would have like checked this out before. Or, yeah, like, just I never, never occurred to you. Thought about it this way or, or anything along those lines. Hmm. I, yeah, it's, it's, we're very lucky out here. I, I, I will say that. I feel like a very lucky person to have such uh, interesting, amazing friends that I can play music with. And it kind of seems like all the stuff, uh, for lack of a better term, and this is something that's like difficult to describe for people that haven't been there, but it kind of sounds like it's surroundings too, which I also find kind of fascinating. I always love stuff that kind of sounds like it's surroundings. Like if you have like you know, a claustrophobic, like snowy mm-hmm. uh, record, and like it sounds like a claustrophobic, you know, snowy recording, I, I, I kind of dig that. And like a lot of the stuff that I, they hear, even stuff from established bands that comes out of Rancho, it kind of has that sort of like desert sort of feel, like, like kind of, that kind airy of airy and open, mm-hmm, yeah, dry. Yeah, and you know, I, I I can't imagine that's you know that's got that's got to be like a natural thing, right? That's not something where anyone's like necessarily trying for anything. No, I think it. You know, it's it's escaping the city. I think a lot of bands are just very used to recording in you know real studios in cities. So you go in and you're in this enclosed. You know, like there's no windows because it's in the middle of the city. It's got to be quiet. and It's very cool. Like any studio to me is amazing. I, I love any studio because it, it always is extremely intriguing to me to see all this cool equipment and to have it there to create with. But there's something about this place because there are a lot of windows. They're, you know, they're always open. When the weather allows, the doors are open. You can record outside. <laughs> you know, my neighbors, my neighbors are super cool, and that's good. Yeah, well, I'm gonna say one would hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They've they've been very very cool for 25. This is the 25th anniversary of Rancho this that's year. Awesome! That's so cool, man. It's very very cool that I can still go because I've I've known a lot of people that have lost their amazing studios over those twenty five years. You know, even some of the best studios have closed their doors, and the fact that we're still here is is great. You know, and you know, up until the last couple of years, there was absolutely nothing to do here except for Pappy and Harriet's, which yep. is a cool little barbecue joint uh, venue here. And other than that, there's the Joshua Tree Saloon, and nothing else to do. So you we're forced into just cooking and staying here and working. 
And over the last few years, you know, Joshua Tree's become pretty hip, and now there's lots to do out here. You know, there's more restaurants, and it, I mean, it's still a very small town, and there's not a lot to do, but there's more to do. And before, it was just absolutely, absolutely nothing. So people just worked and recorded. You, you can tell that in the music, you know, because you can tell people are hunkering down and just, like, getting to it. Yeah. Totally. And I think that that's something that, you know, when I first visited Joshua Tree, I was so excited. Uh, I was excited just to see the park as well, but just to like look at the community. And like the first thing I thought is, where the hell did all the bands play? <laughs> it was like, literally the first thing I thought. I was in like some like, you know, cool little knickknack curio store. I actually got like a, like an old Roy Orbison record for like 25 cents. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. 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 When, when, when was this that you came first? Oh, this is probably, uh, you know, the first time I, I was probably six or seven years ago, maybe some, somewhere along, along those lines. So a little before, it, I think it's, people are kind of discovered it a little more in like recent years. But uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. seven years ago would have been a completely different place. I mean, it, it's, hmm. it's, it's definitely, you know, the visitors to the park seven years ago were probably at about a half a million. Right. And... This year, they're expecting three and a half million visitors to the park. So that wow. kind of gives you a oh, bit wow. of a, you know, a bit of an idea of how much it's growing. No kidding. That's the, 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 like the, 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 you know, the population hasn't grown so much, but a few years ago, people started, you know, because it, it was a lot cheaper than living in. I mean, it still is much cheaper than living in L.A. and it's close. So <laughs> yeah. at first, people people were buying like. You know, there were these homesteader cabins that you could buy for fifty, sixty thousand yep. dollars on a few acres, mm. and and people were buying those because they were like, "Holy mackerel!" You know, like I can, I can spend the next few years slowly working on it, and you know, and I'll have this cool place. And then, then it turned into, "Well, I've got that place out in the desert. I should just go out there and work on it. I don't have to work as much to pay rent, and I've, you know, I've got my place." So people started moving out here. And now people are living out here, and then a lot of people started buying them because they wanted Airbnb. So now there's Airbnbs out here, right? Which sure. is the whole thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all—it's all working out. And you know, pe- the people are coming out here really cool. And if you want to have a place out here, you're you're usually pretty cool because it's, you know, even though it's cheap, it's it's more of a spiritual, relaxing place more than. You know, like a let's, let's put this house kind of place. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. right. And it, it, I mean, it totally has the the kind of vibe that it feels like if you feel like you know culture and society are sort of pressing in on you, and and like there's too much pressure, and you go out the desert, you have this idea of like, oh yeah, I have this idea that that everything was around me and like I, th- all these problems are so huge and like these problems are tiny and everything is like <laughs> I'm so tiny and this place is so huge it puts everything like immediately in perspective. And yeah, I I thought that was really uh, fantastic, and and it was something like really fascinating to me, and and like so you speak spoke of Pappy Harriet's, which I love, I love that place, and I first time I went there, I, it was one of those situations where I didn't really, you know, I didn't fucking know anybody, so I started like just striking up random conversations with folks, I'm like oh yeah, this dude used to like race in like the salt flats and like. Utah yeah. way back when and this dude like you know worked at NASA at, in the 60s and but like the thing is you never would have known if you would have asked because everyone's just kind of quietly doing their thing and oh yeah it's no thing yeah mm. whatever no big deal <laughs> and that's the beauty that's the beauty of actually talking to people instead of being on right. Twitter or, or Facebook here 
you can find out a lot more when you ask questions face to face. It's totally true. It's it's very true. And then and then like after I I kind of became fascinated with uh, how because I'm a big fan of sort of your 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 places and, and scenes that where people have to make their own entertainment where they have to make their own thing like where it isn't something that's provided for you like no disc to like new york or something but it's like you know everything's like right there for you which niche of a sub niche of a sub niche do you want to associate with because it's all right there and on yeah. every block and yep. i i became really interested in like you know like the fact that like 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 the yawning man stuff and all the like the generator parties and the and stuff that, and the, the, oh yeah it's so neat, and like I've seen, you know, seen some footage of that. You know what what there is of it. It's, it just looks like the best thing ever, and it also yeah. looks like it could fall apart at any second, which also makes it the also best true. thing ever. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I went to a few of those, and uh, I think I went to. I played one once, and then I I went to two earlier, and both ones that I went to turned out turned into these small riots. You know, like different kinds of groups of people that didn't get to get along, you know, in the middle of the playing to start fighting. And both times it was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to get out of here while people are beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's what happens and in okay. a lawless environment, you know, where it's just, every, it's like that could, that's, it's just, it's crazy. Stuff is just nuts and you're going to get nuts. And that's, that's what that's happens. <laughs> and, and that wasn't all the time. Just happened to be the two times that I went to one. The, the one I played was called the splattering of the tribes because there was there was another one that was bigger called gathering of the tribes <laughs> i think mario mario put together the splattering of the tribes and we went and we played and there weren't you know there were only like 100 people 150 maybe and of course everyone is on psychedelics super drunk mm -hmm. partying as soon as the sun goes down, the cops show up. Oh. <laughs> and it, and it, I don't even know how they would have found it. It was in the middle of nowhere that no one could have been disturbed. I don't really know what set it off. But the cops, instead of just like going, oh, okay, everything's under control, they start making everyone leave. Like, if you if you don't leave, you're going to get arrested. Oh, man. So, okay. so, of course, they caused the problem because... They're sending these people on psychedelics yeah. and alcohol yeah, to drive home to L.A. two hours away. Yeah, yeah, everyone's drunk and tripping balls, and now they're on the roads. Great work, guys. <laughs> and that's and I and that was me. And and they actually they were you know I was, was you know, they're like you got to get out of here. And I was tripping balls because I was planning on staying. Mm. And I drove out there with some of my bandmates, and I was like, well, I'm just waiting for my friends that. That I don't know where they are. Can I find them? And they're like, no, you have to leave now. And I'm like, but I brought these people from Los Angeles. And they like, okay, well, we can arrest you right now. No, that's not a good option. You know, if, <laughs> let me think about that. Arrested, I, if, I, if I get arrested, I can't drive them home either. So <laughs> I just, I just got in the car and drove home. And I had, I always have old cars cause I don't have any money, but, I'm driving home, and halfway home, my, my lights in my car start going out. Oh, and no. So the, the cops, they don't even realize how stupid they were just sending people like that, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's all. And it's, it's just, you know, and, and besides the fact that people were just having fun, it was, you know, it wasn't anything bad. 
Yeah. Well, and it, especially because, you know, it, it seemed to be, and again, coming out from a complete outsider and, and yeah, not necessarily being of age to be anywhere near it at the time, uh, The it seems relatively self-policing. It's sort of like, hey, everybody just, there's a bunch of people going to play some loud-ass music out in the middle of nowhere and they ain't bothering anyone except for the sagebrush, you know? So <laughs> that's how, that's how it well, seemed like to me. Well, that's it. I mean, no one was doing anything. I don't really... I don't really know what caused the cops to come there. I mean, obviously, there must have been something that got them there. Right. I never really heard what that was, so I can't really say, but it's a shame because it was actually really fun and everything was cool, but sometimes that kind of stuff happens. I'm not really sure why. Yeah. And that was mostly uh, that was mostly Mario's thing, right, Mario Lolly? Absolutely, yes, Mario Lolly. One of the most talented musicians Love that to ever come out of this yeah. Have you have you been to his restaurant? Oh, I've been to his restaurant many times. The oh, one man. that was out here and the one that was in L.A. Yeah, I'm so fascinated by that. Like, I, I want to. I've, I've never because it, it's the kind of thing where normally, if I'm with down in Southern California, I'd just be like on a tour situation, and I've been like, oh man, I, I want to go to Mario Lolly's restaurant, <laughs> and people will be like, oh, who's that a famous <laughs> chef? I'm like, well, yeah, kind of, I guess. In this way, <laughs> in this way. Well, the food was amazing, by the way. At both places. So, All right, well, hello. I'll, I'll make a visit. I'll, I'll, I'll make a visit at some point. So I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking well, forward to that. You must. You must. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you bring up yawning, then, because that was kind of where I, in like dipping in and out to the like general like what bands were around. It's just like that was that was the band that kind of made me realize that like okay, it's it's a different sound, but it's still connected. Like it's mm-hmm. it's 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 it. it, it Kind of pointed out the uh, the 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 stretched uh, stretching of the outer boundaries of what's going on. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they're they're kind of indefinable, yeah. really. You know, the kind of music they play is it's jazz, rock, improv, weirdness, and yeah. not a lot of bands sound like that. Right. Yeah. Just seeing that footage of them on a beach. <laughs> with yeah. People, yeah. Like, <laughs> wow. What's going on? <laughs> oh, the, the what? Called in Sardinia, they were, I think they played that. There's oh a, yeah, um, oh, I can't, uh, I can't remember the name. Of, we've been the Earthlings have been invited to do it a few times. I know Mario's done it. Uh, is it Monolithics? Is that it? Uh, no, that's another one though. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's one that, that takes place on the beach in Sardinia, and it's insane. You know, like. They, it's another thing, kind of like desert sessions, where they pair people up together, and you know, yeah. it's a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah, and and it's it's so cool and interesting to see that what was kind of created in the desert and uh, like the, these sounds and, and these sort of like attitudes almost uh, towards music, and to see it kind of like how it's interpreted uh, in these different areas of, of the world. Yeah. Right, like how it's sort of like something where where people maybe they have this idealized version of what it was, but they like they take what they 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 take this inspiration from it and like they kind of put it through their own meat grinder and it comes out you know in this Italian way or like in this <laughs> you know this way from like the from Southern America, Southern America, yeah, yeah. South America, <laughs> <laughs> Southern America. What Southern the fuck America. is wrong with me? <laughs> One of them Southern Americans, huh? All right. <laughs> Christ. All right, you know what I'm saying though. Like it's it, it's I do. 
and I mean, is that's got to be that's got to be kind of a trip to to have seen that and the gestation because because you uh, you and Fred founded uh, Rancho in um, like what like ninety ninety three ninety four something like that you said twenty five years yeah ninety three I mean that's a long time and there's a lot of really influential records and bands that have uh, that have recorded there so I mean do you have do you have like kids like coming by to like come take pictures and stuff like is that like <laughs> I do. I highly <laughs> discourage it, but nonetheless, people do. It, it, it's kind of a bummer because there are a lot of no trespassing signs, and it, it really does just, I mean, the people that come here come here to get away. They don't right. want people coming up and, right. you know, like, my neighbors hate it, and they're, oh. you know, they, they have guns, and, you know, they don't. There's a reason there are many no trespassing signs. Right, right. But yet people still come up here. They just feel entitled to it. And I, I, I'm not really sure why people feel like that, that just like they can do it even though it says no trespassing. Yeah. You know, if I, if I saw that, I would just be like, oh, I guess they don't want people there. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave them to it. Yeah, I wouldn't think like no trespassing. Oh, except for me. Right. That, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm cool. So obviously that doesn't apply to me. <laughs> well, it, it happens every single day, you know. And and, wow. it, and and people people post photos, and it's exactly what I say. I'm just like, why do you think it's cool to do this? I, you know, you say that you you say that you're a fan of this of the music here. Well, the reason it gets created is because people aren't being disturbed by people coming up and going, like, oh, hey, uh, you know, right. what's going on? Can we come through and look at the studio? It's like, fuck no, there's 12 no trespassing signs. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> working here, dude. Yeah, it's, well, and it's it's almost like it, it kind of feeds into that, that I don't know it's, I don't know if it's a modern notion or not, but the idea that everything has to be made into a monument for some reason instead yeah. of just being like a place, this is a place where things happen. And can we let it be a little mysterious for once? <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think it got nailed like um Someone was posting, you know, people were posting photos of them kind of fucking up Joshua trees in the park, which is uh, highly illegal. Yeah, that's and way when, illegal. Yeah. yeah. And when they would get, you know, it would be like they'd put up a, like a hammock between two Joshua trees, and someone would say, Are you fucking crazy? They're, you know, you're, you're destroying the Joshua trees. And they're like, Yeah, but look how many likes I got. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, oh, and, and and that's and that's where it gets squirrely. You know, you're like, what? Are you what? Like, you you're breaking the law, and you're being super stupid because the trees are very very. You know, and it's all about like, oh, but I got some likes on it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's ugh. like that that ugh. that human need to make a mark on something going really yeah, poorly. Yeah. I, 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 I've never gotten that. I, I'll, I'm the guy that, like, if I go to the Grand Canyon, I don't throw cigarette butts down. Well, I don't smoke, but I wouldn't do that anyway. And I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. throw my trash down. And I wouldn't want to, like, carve my name on a rock where I wouldn't want to spray paint my band name in the Grand Canyon. You know, it's just like, right, right. this place is beautiful and sacred. Right. Why not respect it? Not not saying that my place is beautiful and sacred. <laughs> but, but, I'll say for you. That's Canyon, okay. <laughs> no, but it's especially when it's like a natural wonder that's like been there for, you know, you know, decades, hundreds of years. Like, yeah. and it's just like, why would why would you ever approach life like that? Like, hey guys, check this out. <laughs> I, I, I don't, but people are like that. Yeah. 
So do you get a lot of people? Because do you get a lot of people that are just over the transom? to try to record at, at Rancho or is it mostly like a word of mouth kind of like referral, make sure someone's not a dick uh, kind of situation? I'm pretty easy to find, you know, people that contact me, I guess, you know, a lot of, you know, a, a lot of people are through management, you know, like sure. they, whoever bands management and, or, you know, people meet whoever's recorded here and they're like, Hey, do you mind if I pass along your number? Also, if you write Dave at RanchoDeLaLuna.com, I get those. So I get a lot of people, you know, and they, they just ask if it's available. And I check out the music and I give them my rates. And if I'm if I'm open, I'm, I'm happy to work with almost any band, you know, because the way I look at it is any band can create great music. Hmm. Pretty much, you know, like, you never know. Yeah. I mean, That's a, the, that- you know... Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually a really cool way of looking at that. I never thought about it that way. I guess well, you never know. Judgy, I, mean, I guess. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, obviously, there's some bands where you'd be like, "Yeah, maybe, maybe you want to wait a little while." <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> sure, sure, sure. But like you know, I, when I heard Caius, uh, Chris Goss played me uh, one of their first records, "The Sons of Caius," and I was like, "Hmm, okay." You know, for you know, they were like kids. You know. Yeah. 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 And, and he said, I'm going to make them sound bigger than God. <laughs> <laughs> and, nice. and they were lucky that they picked him, and he was lucky that they picked him. You know, like, and they made amazing records together. And he took them to a place that, that you know, had they gone with some other producer, could have been disastrous because they might not have, you know, it might not have been right for them at all. Right. And it's sort of like, and it's interesting because, yeah, that first, that Sons of Caius record, it's like, it's cool, but it's sort of like, you can tell, like, yeah, they're a young band, they're kind of figuring it out. And then, like, yeah, suddenly it's like, oh, hmm, cool. This is yeah, Blues for the Red Sun comes, yeah, Blues for the Red Sun comes along with a, with a, a producer. And especially in that time, because there are a lot of bands, you know, like the the giant gated drum, uh, <laughs> yeah. Guns N' Roses, and, and the, that whole thing. You know, Mike Klink would have done their record. It might have just sounded like every other band that was trying to be famous at the time. Right. And instead, yeah. they, they got a guy that kept what they were doing and made it sound great. Yeah, and and, and they were great. Well, I was gonna yeah. say, and, and let them kind of like take it further and like kind of like give them like you know enough encouragement without like crushing creativity. In fact, the opposite, sort of like helping them discover what was good about themselves too. Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. He didn't. He didn't hide. He, he basically just helped them sound even better than they did. Instead of instead of making, you know, like, well, everybody's doing this today, so this is what we're going to do. He was like, fuck that. You guys sound great. I'm just going to make record it where it sounds really good. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it's come to producers, you know. And, and also, no one's ever been able to predict what's next, you know. Like, mm-hmm. Right. Nobody could have predicted Elvis. What right, just exactly. happened? <laughs> and it happened every time, like Nirvana, you know, uh, Guns N' Roses, every, you know, and all all that stuff came along when things were completely opposite of what was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy. I'm happy to work with anyone because, first of all, it's work, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, and it and making money is good. Yeah, that's a good thing. You know. <laughs> well, you know, it, it helps. 
you know, it just makes, for me, it makes my place better every time because I, it affords me to be able to repair equipment or sure. buy the things that we're lacking. And it's fun, usually. I mean, typically bands that decide they want to come here are pretty cool because they can go to any studio in the world, but they want to come out here. And that, right. that makes me feel pretty special. So I'm, I'm happy to work with a lot of bands I've never heard of. Yeah. And, and 99.9% of the time, I've had a really fantastic time and made friends. So, you know, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good bonus yeah, for twenty five years. Yeah, sounds okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, what's the most kind of off the wall band that sort of come your way where you're like, "All right, let's sure, let's try this out and see what see what happens." Like, as far as like being like a fully formed entity, like what did you say, like the Arctic Monkeys, or like what would be the most like sort of like out of left field situation where uh, you were, you were put in? Well, uh. Well, the Arctic Monkeys, that was great because I was a fan of theirs. We played festivals together. Oh. And then Josh and then Josh had told me that they wanted him to produce the album. And I was like, that's great. That makes a lot of sense. And then when he was like, hey, they want to come out to Rancho. That was really good for me because I, I love their music. And they're really cool guys. They're super sweet. And I think they're very talented. That was a really awesome session. And they've been back several times since we became really good friends and you know they wrote a lot of am here which was their biggest record so mm -hmm. yeah yeah that worked for that was mutual for us i mean i was i was like alex you can go anywhere in the world why why did you come back here and he said that he loved it because it was small and intimate and made them feel like a real band because the tracking room is tiny here yeah it's it's very yeah, intimate is the correct word for it yeah from, <laughs> from what i've seen yeah yeah yeah, I mean, it's tiny. I mean, when we did the Foo Fighters Sonic Highway, you know, we're talking with Dave, and he's like, how the fuck are we going to fit in this room? <laughs> we'll, fit. we'll figure it out. Yeah, and everyone's and just we did. sweating away and, and doing it, you know, in the same room. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, not, we yeah, that sucks, no, but, no, no, you know, no. like, doing the, the thing. No, but it's, it's, yeah, it's hard to not feel like a band where you're just, like, in each other's faces playing. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, I think Mark Lanigan's first record was another amazing oh, one. But, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, I mean, the first record that we did here, which was uh, uh, Scraps of Midnight, and he was just getting sober. He, you know, he'd been through a lot, and that was a left field. You know, it was just like, okay, come on out. What an amazing and, talent, too. What a what a just remarkable dude. I mean, just. Oh my God, the, the one of the greatest of all time, you know, like one of the best voices you'll ever hear yeah, and, yeah. and a really great guy, you know, he's, he's, you know, he, he seems scary and he, he's imposing. He's a big guy, you know, he and Josh are both like six, three <laughs> and, and, you know, he was, he was in a very interesting spot because you know, he was newly sober, and I think he wrote, like, one of the best albums that's been recorded here. You know, it's, it's amazing, and we had a great time, and that led to other albums with him. Yeah. And so, I don't, I don't know. They're, you know, people ask, what's your favorite album? They're all they're all favorites, you know? They're almost... I've only had a couple of sessions where I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not you're not using this place correctly. Yeah, so right, this, right. Is, this is not a good match. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe, maybe somewhere else. 
Yeah. Well, and it's it's so it must be. And again, something I just wanted to point out is that Mark Lanigan's one of those types of dudes that if you're like, oh yeah, that dude used to be a gunfighter, but like, oh yeah, I believe it. Like it's sort of like he's a gun. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you would believe that if you saw him. Like, oh fuck yeah, I, yeah, of course yeah. he was. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it, it's it's also you you mentioning that record and being that you know he did that one as a sober dude. Also, I think it sort of gives some uh, pretty interesting skepticism towards this uh, frame people have that you know oh the drugs help you be creative or whatever. It's like no, you're creative. And for some people, like the the drugs can help bring that out, but it's not like the source of the creativity at all. Oh no, you know. I, you know, I'm not one to ask about drugs. I've done drugs. I do drugs occasionally. You know, I I don't think they're extremely harmful if you're an occasional user. Unfortunately, most people that use drugs aren't occasional users. You know, um, I've I've never I've never wanted to do drugs all the time. It's, it's, you know, they they're fun occasionally, mm-hmm. but when I when I think of like, man, you mean you do cocaine every day or kid <laughs> and would be doing acid every day. I'm like, how the fuck Ugh. are you doing acid every day? Like yeah. it takes me it takes me a month to reset after that, you know? It's like different right. experience right there. I, I, I always just think so, like, oh that sounds exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, yeah. how do you do it? <laughs> that doesn't sound fun at all. Why would why would you do that? <laughs> no, it doesn't it doesn't sound fun, you know, like you know, I there's a time and place for everything, but like I said, I'm very lucky. I never was that person. And I know lots of people that are no longer with us because they were way that person, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's a bummer, man. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I say that, you know, a little bit of my high horse as I have both my coffee and my beer right next to me. Recording <laughs> this show, so. <laughs> I like that coffee and beer at the same time. It's our roll, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, talk to talk to me about the fun machine. I'm super fascinated by this. It, it's a real thing, right? Like I remember one of the, I don't remember if it was one of the, uh, the these like pedal like um, kind of like hey here's here's Dave Ketching to try out the new whatever guitar pedal or something. But I I recall actually seeing something with the fun machine, and it fascinated me that it was an actual thing and not like a concept that was like you know in the song title or something. It's a it's a literal device, right? It's a, it's a keyboard. It's a keyboard called the Fun Machine, and uh, I'm trying to see if mine is going to turn on because I'm standing right next to it oh, right shit. now. Okay. <laughs> it's awesome. made by a, it's made by a company called Baldwin, and uh, Baldwin makes. Ooh, that's cool. I almost stepped on a black widow while I was turning oh. it on. <laughs> oh, that'd, that'd be a very sad end to not only the show but your life. <laughs> Hey guys, um, I'm gonna have to run to the emergency room. <laughs> yeah, I remember. The thing is, is you see, you see, um, you see the web in the daytime, and then you see the spider at night. Mm-hmm. And I saw the web this afternoon, and I, as I stepped over there, I realized I was seeing the spider. Oh, shit. Uh, unfortunately, he is no longer with us at this point, but. Oh. But I'm gonna see if I can turn on the phone machine. Oh wow! The one I have, the one I have lives outside, so it's not in the best of shape right now. <laughs> wow! So it just gets—it's like just expose the elements and. Uh, here we go. Hey. Protonka versus exclusive. The fun machine. 
There you go. There you go. The fun machine is working. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if you want, I can uh, record your uh, theme song. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's about time. I haven't changed the theme song sure. in like uh, 70 episodes, so... <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> Almost time for your theme song. There you go. It is time for Protonic <laughs> Reversal. Take it away, Fun Machine. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that uh, that Baldwin made made the Fun Machine? Baldwin Company made the Fun Machine. Okay. Is oh, yeah, it I'm looking. 70s, 80s? It looks like it's probably 70s. Okay. And it Mine, looks- I found. There's I found on Craigslist for ten dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and I I, dro- I drove from here in my convertible to Palm Springs, and I was at this really elegant, amazing-looking apartment complex. And as I'm looking for the where the where it is that it's being sold, I see this really sketchy-looking dude, and I'm like, "I oh, are you? Do you have the fun machine?" He's like, "Yeah." And I went in, and it was like <laughs> full-on crack house in oh, the middle of this oh, elevator. Man. And they had a, they had a shopping cart with a TV in it, and like pillows <laughs> and a fun. Holy shit, that's amazing! <laughs> I mean, that's so I terrifying. But... <laughs> I got it. He helped me take it out to my car. I had a hernia at the time, so I wasn't even supposed to lift anything. And he helped me get it into the back seat of my car. It fit perfectly. So there I was driving back from Palm Springs in my convertible with a fun machine in the back. <laughs> That's a good image, dude. Expl- yeah. It actually was. If I could have plugged it into the lighter and played it while I was driving, that would have been the only thing making it cooler. Oh, man. <laughs> maybe, maybe if a cop stopped you while you are doing it and said, carry on afterwards. <laughs> carry on. <laughs> you're, like, you're, right, you're, you're writing the Conan Neutron uh, theme song while you're driving? Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> we'll give you a free pass. Get out, get out of here. All right, you're doing the Lord's work, son. Get going. <laughs> oh, man. That's amazing. So it seems like that's... And, and, and keep, keeping in the style of, uh, of Rancho and sort of like the, the field, it, it seems like that's something that probably would end up on a lot of recordings just because like, hey, what the hell is this thing? You know, like... Absolutely. Um, it's, it's really... It's funny because it's a small place, so um, back when Fred and I started the studio, shortly thereafter, you, you would go to the thrift store and you'd see, like, a Hammond B3 for $20. Right, oh, yeah. And, and most of it would work. Yeah. And then you would go and you'd see, like, oh, there's a, there's a Kimball organ for $15. Like, I gotta buy it. It's only fifteen bucks, right? And you get it back, and it worked perfectly. Yeah. But the thing is, after you've got like six organs, there's nowhere to sit in the house. You have to like, (laughs) (laughs) you have to put them outside. You know, you can only set so many drinks on the organs around the house. (laughs) So, so right now I've got four outside organs. Yeah, that's uh, well, and and you know, uh, for the most part, I'm sure that's a fine place for them to be because then if you're outside like you know either taking the air or uh if one is a smoker like having a smoke or whatnot then you're like oh okay let's what's this all about let's see if a tune stick let's dick around with this and then <laughs> that's it that's that's what people do they do they get inspired and they, you know i mean it's, it's funny i get a few 
younger bands here that are like, is it okay if I play this guitar? And I'm like, one of the 50 that are sitting here, <laughs> well, that's what, they're, that's what they're for, is playing. That's why they're sitting there. And, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that's always something that, like, I mean, I feel like, I'm with you. I feel like guitars are like meant to be played. Like instruments are meant to be played. They're not meant to be like, you know, go to a fucking museum if you want to, you know, see a museum piece. Like, yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I don't have anything that is a museum. Actually, I, I bought a guitar when I was, I think I was 19 when I got this. So it would have been, no, I would have been like 18 probably when I bought this guitar and it's a, 1957 Stratocaster, and oh wow, yeah, it was it was like 800 bucks, which was a lot of money back then. <laughs> but I traded something and I got some money saved together. But it had already been stripped of all the the good stuff, and <laughs> except for the body, the body and the neck. So in the 80s, I customized it with. I mean, people would fucking hate me when they see this guitar. <laughs> like, oh my god, what to do? It's like I don't know. It's punk rock. I used to throw this shit around and. Yeah, but, yeah. but that, that one it, it would have been a museum piece if it was all original. But right, right. But most of the guitars I have are just players. You know, nothing super rare. But they all, you know, they sound great. There you go. Well, and that's yeah. you know, and, and it's cool that you have a space where you can you can have that as well. And and, and it kind of it seems like that sort of fits the vibe for what you do at Rancho. And I don't know. It, it's sort of like like. Musically, for me, for instance, I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, you know. If you give me sort of like 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 a box to work in, then like I'll I'll work within the box and you know grow to surround it and and you know that that's always good for me. Like be be directed, but by the same token, like sometimes if the, if the box is just sort of like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff and it's around, like go for it. <laughs> like that can be a, a beautiful thing and can lead to like really cool results. Well, I mean, I I'm not super particular, like you know, I mean. I, I play a flying me in Eagles of Death Metal, and right. that's just because when I started playing in Eagles of Death Metal, I had a shitty flying V that I thought would look cool, and it looked cool. <laughs> so now I'm playing a flying V in Eagles of Death Metal. Hey. But if I go to a session, it's not the guitar I take, and I'm not super particular. Like if someone, if a lot of bands come in and they're like, I I brought you know you send them a gear list, and they're like, well I brought this this and this. It's like yeah, I told you I have like two of each of those, but you know, if you got to have yours, that's cool too. Now there's <laughs> right, more. Right. <laughs> and to me, if someone sent me my gear list and said, this is what's at my studio, I wouldn't take anything. Yeah. I'd be like, Oh, I cool. would <laughs> I'd just show up and go like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. But yeah. it's funny. People have to bring, you know, it's like, well, I have to use this cause it's amazing. It's like, yeah, I've got like 40 amps. So I'm not I'm not sure how you're gonna get something that I couldn't, but if that's what you got to do to do your thing, that's cool too. You know, whatever makes you comfortable. Yeah, but it, it is kind of strange how you know people will come here. I've, I've been really really lucky because a lot of uh, they you know guitar pedal makers love a lot of the bands that have played here, and they love the thought of what this place is, and they know I don't have a lot of money. And so, like, Earthquaker Devices, the yeah. coolest people ever, <laughs> they sent me a bunch of their pedals. It's amazing. I've got every one of the pedals they make, and they're 
they make amazing stuff and they're the coolest people. Nice. So people will show up and they'll be like, Hey, I brought this earthquaker device and they'll bring like five of them. I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> you look at my gear list, you would know I already have all that stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure why you feel like you need to bring that. We, I mean, if it's something we don't have, that's cool because sure. then it's kind of fun. But, but you know, whatever people comfortable with, it just gets back to that. People just have to be comfortable when they're playing. And a lot of people have never been here, so they don't, you know, they're a little intimidated sometimes because some people are fans. Yeah. Some people are like, what am I doing here? This is, you know, they're used to going to like Ocean Way or something, right, some right. big studio. Yeah. But, it's, you know, it's an interesting place for almost anyone, even the bigger bands that come here find some joy in it because it's so different. Yeah, and it, it, it doesn't seem like there are as many well, – I was going to say, it doesn't seem like there's many places like that anymore, and maybe there are and I just don't know about them is the caveat there. Right. But, <laughs> but, like, on that level yeah. where, you, you again, as, as you mentioned, it's 25 years, man. I mean, that's, like, a good – that's a really good run, and you know, no sign of slowing down. Like it's that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, so far I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I, you know, I knock on wood every day, and and thank my stars that uh, I'm still here and doing. I mean, it, it also helps that um, you know, as much of a business as it is, it's also a home. Yeah. So it's it's not like it's not like we're. Some of my friends, you know, they rented out a warehouse that was way expensive and got way too much cool gear that was super expensive. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, 25 years ago, people were getting like $400,000 budget. So you could, you could go like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm paying $10,000 a month for this place and I just bought like a $100,000 board. But, you know, whoever's coming here to record has a, half a million dollar budget nowadays no one even has a budget like even <laughs> right. for the most part big man you know they spend their own money and yeah. then they try to see who's gonna buy it and now who even knows what you could you know like who even knows what your record's gonna do even if you're huge yeah yeah, exactly. Because there's so much stuff every like comes out like every week and yeah. there's so many different uh, things competing for people's attention that you know I've I've seen you know, bands put out records. I'm like, well, this is it. This is going to be the biggest thing ever. And then like, Oh, or not. Never mind. And then stuff where it's like, yeah. Oh, these guys. And then like, Oh, that's now the biggest band. I'm like, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, that goes back to, yeah. Saying that, uh, you know, you can never tell what the next thing is and it's w- much harder now. It is much harder now because, you know, I mean, no, I, I don't really know many people that make money off of record sales. It's, it's more movie placement or, yeah. you know, commercial placement stuff. But, but, you know, very few people seem to be like, I sold a million copies of my record. And, you know, like now it's like, I got a million plays on Spotify. I made $4.23. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was going to say, right. and, that, and that'll fill up a quarter of a gas tank. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's a. On one hand, it's like really great because okay, you've got this immediate ability and possibility to connect with people the world over. But on the other hand, it, it's like okay, but there's now there's so much stuff that you know it, it's 
it can be a lot harder to find your audience, which is why I always get so stoked when I find like a band actually find its natural audience. Like it's such a cool thing to see. Like, Absolutely. I mean, like the blind shake when the blind shake were sort of like adopted by the OCs and like started playing in front of these huge crowds and people were like, Oh my God, this band's great. I'm like, fuck yeah. I've been trying to tell you for like 10 <laughs> years, man. They're yeah. amazing. <laughs> yep. That's it. Yeah. And there's always going to be the, the next one out there and the next 10 after that and the next hundred after that. Yep. So true. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, every album that I've put out with all of my bands has been, let's just record. I have a studio, and then someone puts it out. You know, someone will put it out, but it's never any. You know, it's never like getting what would have you would have spent. You know, recording it. It's always just like, oh, they're going to put out a thousand copies. Uh, okay, let's just do that. Cool. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just. I just did my, I have a solo record that I did with Dying Alone Records out of Canada who put out a lot of great albums. And, and they were the, the closest I've been to like a real record label. They actually helped me pay, you know, pay back what I had into my record oh, wow. and put it out. But, but what was that doesn't number happen again, very <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that doesn't happen that much anymore. It's very strange the the whole music industry it, and and like you know I'm I'm an older guy I'm 56 and and all the bands that I play with other than Eagles of Death Metal are just small bands and we and the way you you get known now is just touring and touring and touring and selling merch and going and going yeah and most can even afford it because you know. Right, <laughs> you, you know, I'm not a kidding. But I can't, I can't, I can't do a tour for like where I lose a thousand dollars for a month. You right. know, like I, so I'm, I'm really impressed with kids that get, go out and do it because I used to do it, but it used to be so much cheaper. Now the cities yeah. are so expensive, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I, God bless the kids that can go out and do it, man. It, when you see someone touring, you know they're trying their damnedest to get something going. Yeah, yeah and, and and it's the kind of thing not to immediately turn things back to me, but like when <laughs> when, when when I'm out there and playing, which not like I'm like you know touring like like the kids quote unquote no. are, <laughs> but I run into people from like back in the day, either from people that used to play in bands and don't anymore, or like you know whatever, and then they're, and they're just amazed, amazed because nobody like does that. Like people just drop off because it's a big pain in the ass unless you really love doing it. It's a big pain in the ass. <laughs> You know, it like, is. Yeah, and it doesn't. You know, it, at at best, it's not a money hole. <laughs> like it pays for itself, right? So at best, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'm just I, I'm very unique because I I'm older and I still get to tour with a band that's super fun, and we make enough money to continue touring, and none of us are getting rich, but we have a fucking great time doing it and you can tell when we're playing that we're actually out there and having a great time mm-hmm. yeah. and we're really lucky and we appreciate that it's not it's, it's definitely not lost on us that we're we're super fortunate you know what i mean well and i think that that comes through when you see you play like if you watch it if you go see eagles of death metal live as for instance like just like seeing you guys like just I mean, it sounds corny, but just enjoying being a rock and roll band and like being good at it and like making like music that is like fun for people to be at is, you know, it's such a neat thing to see. And well, uh, I appreciate that because it is. I mean, like I said, it's not lost on us when we when we're out there. 
every day were like, can you believe we're fucking doing this? Can you believe it? And it's true. And, you know, like, right, totally. we love each other. We, we appreciate that we're all together and doing this. And, you know, the band changes from time to time because certain people can't do it, you know. And But, you know, like Jesse and I just every night we're like, can you believe we're fucking still doing this? Like, <laughs> like people are actually coming to see us and enjoying us. Yeah, it's that's pretty great. I mean, obviously. That sounds okay. One of those things. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, it's all right, man. Whatever. Fuck these kids. Yeah, no, it's about the kids. Yeah, fuck them. Are you ready to fool the shit out of these dumbasses? Let's just do it, man. Let's act like we're having fun. No, but honestly, we're just like, every night, we're just like, how the fuck? I mean, it's so much fun for us. And. And thank God people think it's fun and keep us on the road. You know, like this this tour with Queens is going to be great. Wow, it's going to be great, yeah. You know, we're all really great friends. We've been friends forever. And we haven't toured together in a while. So that, that is going to be really fun. Which is yeah. crazy because it seems like both bands have, you know, been relatively busy and, like, doing stuff. It's just, yeah, just, I guess, Uh-oh. you know, it's it's like that sometimes. <laughs> Oh man, we are, we are, I mean, we have not stopped touring for 14 years. I mean, that's, you know, occasionally we'll make a record and then continue touring, but we, we stay super busy all the time. So you just look at it as like a, like a consistent, like you just, the tour keeps happening and you just interrupt it every now and again to do other things. Yeah. It's, it's Eagles of Death Metal is an anomaly. Like the, the fact that, you know, typically if you're a touring band, it record a record, it comes out, you do like two years of touring. If you're a big touring band, right? right? Like if with would, us, yeah. it's like with us, it's like four years later, someone's like, Hey, you want to do this tour with Queens of the Stone Age? I know you don't have a new album out, but, and you've been touring for four years, but <laughs> we want you to do it. It's like, okay, we'll yeah, do that. All right. <laughs> and, that's what, and that's what we've been doing all year. You know, like we just, we continue touring all the time, which is awesome because yeah. we love it. You know, I, I love touring around and seeing my friends everywhere. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We agree. I'm glad we're all in agreement on that. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've got that important subject sorted out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is some show, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> So uh, when so when was it you started playing with Eagles of Death Metal? Because if I remember right, it, it started off just um, well, it started off kind of a little bit with the Desert Sessions, and then it was uh, it was it was just Josh and, and Jesse for a bit, and then it sort of expanded out to a bigger band. Is that which he had a correct assessment, like as, as to fill out the sound? Well, it started it started with the Desert Sessions, and then uh, uh, right around. Like just before the Desert Sessions is when Josh and I started Queens of the Stone Age. So, uh, it, they they started doing that, and then uh, Timmy Van Hamel from uh, Millionaire. I don't know if you listen to Millionaire, but they're a fantastically awesome band. I actually I do know them, and I had forgotten all about them literally until you just said that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whoever has not heard them, you got to go out and listen to their albums. They're amazing. So uh, uh, Belgium, or, Belgium, right? Like they're like from the Eastern yeah. Bloc or something. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, Belgium. Mm. And for the first couple of uh, the first couple of Eagles of Death Metal tours, it was Timmy on guitar, 
And they just did, I think they did like a West Coast run and a couple of shows with Placebo. So they probably did like a, maybe a dozen shows. And then they did a few other shows and they did like maybe like Late Night with Conan. I think that was one of the shows they did. And then, so, you know, maybe like 20 shows. Huh. And then Josh started getting busy and Timmy was doing uh, Millionaire. So I got a, I'd actually given up music for the second time in my life where, <laughs> I mean, just, just professional music because I hate the business. The business yeah. is a fucking pain in the ass. It's horrible. So I was just like, I've had enough of this business shit. I just, you know, quit playing with Queens. I was doing Earthlings, but we weren't doing anything. And then it was just like, I'm just going to move to New Orleans and hang out there and, and do whatever, just, just to, get out of music and then of course i started playing music with people there again and then i got a call from josh asking he's like hey i want you to do this tour with eagles of death metal and at first i was like ah i don't know i like i like jesse and i like the music but i just don't want to do music and he's like no no you got to do it i'm like all right and then i started learning the song i'm like Hey, you're fucking right. I got to do this. This is awesome. So, <laughs> well, so then I just started touring. I just started touring, and I thought it was going to be just a couple of tours, but you know, 14 years later, here we are. Well, and, it, and the music lends itself well to even when the recordings are tight and concise, like it, it lends itself well to like larger uh, presentation live, like the, like the early songs, especially I'm thinking of, which have that like awesome. Uh, you know, it sounds like it's like a Fender, a Fender champ and like, you know, a, a, a tape player in a room necessarily, you know, like it's <laughs> that really blown out sound. Absolutely. That's it. You know, that's it. And, and that's why I, I was, lo I was looking for a guitar for the tour and I was like, I can't find this one guitar. And I looked in my closet. I was like, what the fuck is this? It looks like a flying B case. And I right. pulled it out and it was, there's a flying bee that someone had left at the house and it was missing tuning gears and it's missing, you know, a bridge and I got it back together and I it eagles and it was perfect. Can I just say I love that you fucking found a guitar in your place to play it? Yeah. Oh, man. That's amazing. That's the most know, right? story ever. I love it. It's, it's, it's hilarious too. Like, and I didn't find out whose it was for like a year and finally somebody was like, oh, I think it's so-and-so's that left it here and I got the guy's number and I called him up and I'm like, Hey, I think I have your flying V. Like, Oh yeah, that is my flying V. And I'm like, Oh, uh, I've been playing it in Eagles of Death Metal. Like, oh, I fucking love Eagles of Death Metal. I'm like, Oh, great. Well, you want to sell it? Cause I've been playing it. He's like, no, no, just use it if you want. And I'm like, well, okay. And then he was in New York. I called him up. A couple of days later, we got a uh, tour, and we were going to New York. I'm like, well, I wanted to invite you to the show, and here's what I think. I think maybe when I'm in New York, you should decide if you want it back or sell it, because I don't really know how it works if it gets stolen. If it's, right. You know, yeah. right, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. It's, like, it's, like a, it's like a 70s flying V. There's, you know, it's not worth a million dollars, but it, it had some value. And, uh, and he was like, you know what, man? I'll come to the show, but... Fuck it, man! I bought that guitar in 1980 with an AC30 for 400 bucks. How about 400 bucks for it? <laughs> Holy and, crap! That's amazing. And so I bought it, and it's been mine ever since. That's awesome. 
Wow, that's a hell of a story. That's, <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, it's not for every day you find a flying bee in the back of a closet. And I don't even know when he would have left it. That's the strange part. Yeah, like, how did it get back well, there? That's that's my thing. Is he was like, you know what? I'm going to put my coat away and let's fly and V. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'll just put this in the back of a closet where no one will find it for a few years and I'll forget about it. Fantastic. But, oh, wow. since, but since then, it, but since then, it did break into like twenty-five parts, and I put it back together, and I, I, I ended up buying a, a new Echo Park recreation of a fifties uh, guitar. This guy Gabriel Curry's been making these fucking amazing guitars that are just um, they're incredible. Mm. So I, 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 I'm looking at the old one right now, and he's looking at me like. Why don't you fucking take me on the road anymore? And I, right. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to hurt you anymore. So <laughs> I'm taking a new guitar on the road now. But yeah. he's not happy with it. I will tell you that. Yeah, right, right. It's <laughs> understandable. Like, man. Uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I love that you guys, um, Back in November, that you you went back and uh, played at the uh, at the at the Botticon. Is that is that how you say it? The the, the, bot, the well, yeah, the Botticon. We, we didn't play at the Botticon, but we we definitely went we went back. And you went played. back to we play played. another show. Yeah, that's that's what I was getting. Yeah, at. we went back to the yeah yeah. Uh, I mean, I think <laughs> there's literally been documentaries made about this, so I don't know how much we need to belabor the point. But I mean, that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty. That's a pretty crazy moment etched in history, and I thought it was cool that you guys, you know, kind of came back to to kind of put put a spin on it, sort of like a you know rock rock always wins. Uh, well, I mean, what else are you gonna do? I mean, uh, it, it sucks. We lost a lot of good friends that night, and our fans. A lot of our fans are very good friends of ours because we're not to hang out in the backstage and wait to play. And, you know, we're, we're the guys that go out, meet our fans. If they're cool, we bring them backstage and we hang out. Yeah. So that night we lost Nick Alexander, who was doing merchandise for us, yeah. a very good friend of ours. And we lost a lot of friends in the audience. And we met new people that are friends because they lost friends there. And, you know, what, what are you going to do? You're going to just go like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I mean, it, I, tell, I will say that we owe the hugest debt of gratitude to you two for bringing us back there because, you know, they after it happened, they said that they were playing because, you know, their show got canceled that night because, because of uh, the whole thing. I mean, not that night, so a few nights later, and they canceled their show. And they were so cool that on their dime... They flew us back first class to play a song with them at their concert. Oh wow! And, Jeez. Yeah, and and you know they they reached out to us. You know they, they've strangely they've been fans of well not strangely because it's a cool fans. <laughs> yeah, strangely it's so, but, it's so crazy. <laughs> but but they're fans of Eagles of Death Metal. So you know they reached out and they said, look, that's you know the, the everything's horrible. All we can do is invite you to our show, and you can play a couple of songs for as long as you want, but you can have our stage to finish your set. And we will, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll fly you guys first class. You'll stay at our hotel, which 
obviously a hotel that I will never be able to afford. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah. I've never, you know, I've never flown first class to Paris. That's for sure. Right. And that sounds okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and you too. You know, it's going to be safe. I mean, it's you know, if, if, it was one of those things. If if they hadn't done that, I don't know how. I don't think I would have been super excited to go back there a couple of months later to play our own show. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I would have definitely eventually done something, but I don't think I would have gone back a few weeks later to play a show on my own. So. Yeah. I mean, it, what well, they, logistics for that alone would be incredibly difficult. I mean, <laughs> <it's not>. oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, it was a few shows. In before I started feeling comfortable again. I mean, the, that show definitely was looking all around the whole show and a little concerned. Sure. And the show that um, Colin Hanks uh, direct, you know, he did the documentary on yeah. us. Like mm-hmm. that, that was easily the hardest show I've ever played. It's not the best I've ever played. Uh, I, it wasn't our best show, but it was definitely our our most important. Yeah. Sure. And. Yeah, yeah. And that was some heavy fucking shit, man. Because we went out and we talked to people waiting in line just to assure them that it was safe. And then there were people in there that were in the exact same place that they were watching from the front row Ooh. during the bottom. And they were friends of ours. And so looking out and, you know, I was feeling really crazy because I didn't know how safe it was. Everybody, I mean, hoping. I mean, they, they were taking every precaution to make it safe, so I was pretty sure. But you never know. I mean, who right. thought the bottom would ever happen? Yeah. So, For moments sure, before yeah. we went on stage, we met with the mayor of Paris, and she made us honorary Parisians. Wow. And then, <laughs> and then we go on stage, and you know, there's people that are laughing, but then a second later, they're crying, and you can see people looking around scared. You know, the people that hadn't been out to show since then, you know, oh, the, and they, and it was just, you know, obviously the heaviest. So it wasn't the best I'd ever played. The show was fine, but it was just like, I, I felt bad later because I was like, fuck, I really fucked up half the songs <laughs> because I just, and, you know, it was just heavy, you know, yeah. Yeah. but, but it took a, it took a while. We did another tour shortly after that to finish the shows that, you know, were cut off from the tour, which wasn't that much longer, a couple of months. And the first couple of shows, I think we're, the first show was in Norway, and that was pretty difficult. Like, you know, it was a small club. Uh, a lot of our friends were out, you know, to, to support us. And uh, we got like a 15-minute standing ovation when we, when we came out on stage. It wow. was crazy. And so it meant as much to us as, and, and the, you know, as anything. And it was great that people appreciated that we were actually doing that instead of, instead of just cowering and saying like never again, you know. Right, right. It was important all the way around for us and everyone else, especially the people that were there at the show, to continue. So. Yeah, and it's, I guess one of the things that because because when the attack happened. Um, and, and full disclosure, I, I kind of knew Nick, uh, not super well, but I mean, that was one of the craziest things I've ever experienced of being like, wait, what? Uh, yeah. just, 
I mean, crazy. But the, the idea is it was – that was like an attack on our culture. Like it almost didn't matter if you were an Eagles of Death Metal fan. If like you were someone that – who who has given yeah. everything that they are – and owe everything they are to like rock and roll and live shows and music. That was a direct attack on your culture. And that was something that, you know, it's, I guess that that's the world we live in, but it felt so fucked up uh, for, for so long afterwards that like when, when I heard that you were just going back to like, no man, like the, we're going to, we're going to fucking play these. We're going to redo these shows. We're going to, we're going to do this. Like, it felt right, I guess is the best way I can put it. And I was like so stoked that you guys did it. And I can't imagine that that must have been, you know, <laughs> that can't be easy. There's like nothing easy about it. Uh, no, it, was, it definitely wasn't easy. And then, you know, especially like later with Ariana Grande, you know, like her shows. Yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? The show, the Bonaclon was easily one of the best shows we had ever started in our lives. Like people were going crazy. We had, we had a giant moment uh, of, you know, like where we had to stop playing for like five minutes. Cause we're getting a standing ovation. Kids were having the best time ever. And then 10 minutes later, people senselessly just killed people out of fucking uh-huh. rock and roll. <laughs> people having fun, you know, like no one in there would ever like, discriminate against anyone with yeah. like religion or anything at our show yeah. you know that that's not what that's about so yeah, all those militant eagles of death metal fans even, <laughs> you know i mean yeah. come on, really yeah. <laughs> i mean that's what that's what made it even sadder is that they picked the one show where they kill people that would have been on their side about any, almost anything other than killing people, yeah. you know, like their freedom of religion and freedom of whatever, you know, it's just like, yeah. So anyway, well, but yeah, it's, it's, it's same. Yeah. And I was just going to say, like, it, it was cool to see, you know, other bands kind of reach out in like solidarity. I mean, obviously getting flown to, to by you two on a first class flight sounds okay. But I know, uh, you know, Pearl jam, covered that one Eagles of death metal song too. And like, it just kind of seemed like, you know, people came together like it's sort of like, yeah, you know, this is not gonna, this isn't going to break us. This is going to break any of us. Like it just, it, well, it kind of backfired for them. Yeah. Really, it, it, it totally did. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, unfortunately it, but I mean, that's their whole point is to try to get a religious war going or something, you know? And, and if, if that's what they're doing, then that kind of, you know, that kind of works in their favor if they just wanted people to hate each other. And, it, but it, you know, it didn't, it didn't do anything for their religion for sure. Just, but that's, that's the whole thing is, you know, they were just trying to start a religious war, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I think, I think you guys, you know, uh, you, you bounce back as well as one can from such a horrible, traumatizing event, and you know it's a terrible way to be written into history. But you know, it's it's a it's a part of it's a part of the tapestry now. Yeah, uh, I, I I hate the fact that it is, but it is. Man, we can talk about the fun machine some more if you want. This is a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> 
finish the theme song? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Let's finish that theme <laughs> song, dude. <laughs> are you are you are you shooting for a minor key sad song? Yeah, exactly. Right now, this would be the like the, the the Incredible Hulk walking out of town music like oh. situation. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Rock and roll. It's, it's crazy. <sighs> yeah. So, what do you what do you have what do you, what do you have going on right now? You said you got some Masters of Reality stuff. You're doing some some stuff with Goss. Um, what what do, what do you what else do you have going on? What's what's coming up? What's what's post? Well, like I said, we have we have a little bit of a. Uh, we have a little Earthlings, a little bit of Masters of Reality, the band Mean Heat from L.A. And then, uh, yeah, and then uh, we then we do the, the tour, and the day after the tour stops, uh, my girlfriend and I go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras, and I play a couple of shows there with oh, cool. some of my friends. Yeah, I, I go there every year, and um, I play with a, a band called Pink Slip that plays in some of the parades. And that's really fun. And then awesome. the people in Flip and I have a band called Gnarl Tones, which last year was our 25th anniversary of wow. having a band. Wow. And we, Damn, we usually play. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's the same seven songs we've been playing for 25 years, but we don't have a lot of time for a first. <laughs> that, that's that's like the the ultimate uh that's like the ultimate next step in like the shellac kind of thing of just like <laughs> prolonging the band by like having like very little amounts of activity it's like yeah yeah we're spreading this out over decades guys <laughs> yeah i keep trying to introduce new songs but no one ever has time to learn them so whatever <laughs> <laughs> but we do we do have a one hit called i want to die in new orleans which is uh, kind of a it's kind of a it's, it's We've recorded it. It's never been released. But then finally, uh, the other guys from Pink Slip have a band called Danola, which I produced here. And they're a really awesome band. It's the singer and drummer from the Gnarl Tones and a couple other guys. And they're called Danola. And they, they, they're they a really awesome band. They finally recorded it. So now it's finally out. That's a, a good New Orleans song. I want to die in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and strangely, we're segueing from Paris where I didn't want to die to New Orleans where I <laughs> where apparently you do yeah <laughs> that's pretty good I like it I got a dark sense of humor I dig it <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, after that I come back and while I'm gone uh, my friend Toby Dammit who he played he was the drummer for Iggy for years and years yeah and he and Mike Water coming here with a a guy from from France. I don't know. He hasn't told me the guy's name, but they're booking some time. He also played. Just did the last couple of Bad Seeds tours. Oh, playing, cool! Uh, awesome. Yeah, he's he's really amazing musician. We we used to live together in L.A. ages ago, and he's just a great guy and musician. So he's doing a project here while I'm gone, and then uh, come back, finish some Earthling stuff, get back into the Masters of Reality thing, and. Um, I don't know. You know, other bands are starting to book book stuff now. It's just, you know, some, some people hit me up and they're like, uh, what do you have in the, or do you have uh, August 2075 available? <laughs> we're, we're really trying to save up for, for, the, for that. And I'm like, ah, yeah. So a lot of the stuff is a little more in, in the future, but then other, other uh, Matt Helders from um, Arctic Monkeys hit me up about some stuff 
next week, but I, I won't be here, so I don't know if that's going to happen. That, you know, stuff happens while I'm not here as well. So yeah, it, it, it's it's but, an unfortunate truism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I hate to miss the cool stuff, but uh, I'm doing see. other cool stuff. Yeah, exactly. You're doing your own cool stuff, yeah. and that's that's also okay. You, you you mentioned you mentioned Iggy, and that kind of like uh, triggered a synapse in my brain. To, I was going to ask about that that last Iggy record, that post pop depression record, which I really liked. I thought it was super cool and interesting. I mean, that was a. I, I know that Iggy and Josh got you know pretty close like during uh, the recording of that, but I I thought that was so. It was so neat to hear that because as being a fan of Iggy Pop, even the. Um, We'll go and charitably say the uh, less stellar parts of his discography, but still having a lot of time for him. It was cool. Yeah, to, yeah. It was cool to kind of hear like the desert sound integrated into like what Iggy does, and like I think the songs are really good. Like I think it's a, a pretty unique and kind of daring record for like how many fucking records have that has that guy made? Like a million, yeah. right? I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I'm with you, man. I think um, for one thing, I've known Iggy for. Another another one of those guys for 25 years because my friend Toby played drums with him for you know 20 years. As you mentioned, and why we're talking about this. <laughs> and, and of course, Iggy didn't remember meeting me at all, even though like the high point of my life was meeting Iggy Pop. But um, you know, having him and Matt and Josh and Dean out here was really. That's right. Sweeney was, was on that. Part. I forgot about that. Sweeney was on that. Yeah. Sweeney's going to... No, not Sweeney. No, no. Uh, Matt Helbers. Helbers. Oh, okay. Sorry. Wrong Matt. Oh. Ah, too many Matts. Yeah. Yeah. wasn't on that, but he came shortly after and played with Tanarwin, who recorded a record here. Ah, uh, that's okay. okay. Cool. All right. That's cool. Don't yeah, that was sorry. pretty interesting. I, w- I went from Iggy Pop to Tanarwin to Kurt Vile, all within <laughs> the same... Wow. Yeah. And my friend Boots who produced a lot of the Beyonce stuff. He, so I had those four things right in a row. Wow. Were amazing. There, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was great because at the Iggy session, it was at, at uh, 10 a.m. We'd meet next door at the, the guest house, make a breakfast. Uh, me and the engineers would come down, set up, start getting everything ready. Those guys would show up around noon and we'd work noon till five maybe six and then bust open a bottle of red wine listen to some of the stuff and then go have dinner at, at seven and then that was the day wow that was the yeah, every, <laughs> nice. every day so it was really awesome and we would do little you know sometimes we do little like today we're going to go to the integratron so we would go to the integratron oh, and get nice. a sound nice yeah yeah and next day we'd go do something else and uh, it was it was really fantastic, and just to hang out, you know, with everybody. Yeah, and yeah. The, the, it, it was great. It, it had a feel of, um, I mean, not that the songs seemed like they were loosely composed, but it just had like kind of, like it didn't have that like L.A. studio feel. You know what I mean? Where it's sort of like <laughs> we're making the record, and it sounds like this. It had more of kind of like, I don't know, fun is necessarily the right word for it, but definitely had like a different. A totally different feel to it that I really dug, and I felt like I hadn't heard out of anything Iggy's done in a very, very long time. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, unfortunately, and I say that as a fan. I say that as a fan. Let's be clear. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when you've created some of the best 
rock and roll albums of all time that will ever be. For sure. You can have you can have, have a couple of experimental moments, let's say. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, I flat out said, like, he can make, like, you know, 20 of the worst records on earth. Like, he's still the motherfucker that fucking wrote Raw Power and fucking Fun, and, you know, fun House and, you know, yeah. Christ, there's so many amazing songs. And he has never not been amazing as fuck on stage. He's never. Easily one of the best front people of all time, full stop. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, dude, the guy, the guy is, you know, like you see him now, he's, he does the exact same crazy shit he was doing when he was 20. Yep. So that's amazing. But yeah, yeah, that was, but that was one of the most fun gigs just because it was very family like, you know, the way, the way it became a, you know, it, it felt very relaxed because everybody was so good at what they do and it wasn't like, you know, hurry, we gotta we gotta go till four in the morning, we gotta finish this. It was more like No, six o'clock. Let's open the red wine and <laughs> call it a day. Yeah. We'll get that whatever we're working on. We'll we'll get to it tomorrow. <laughs> and honestly, since since that session, almost every session I've done since then, I've used that model mm. and so much more stuff has gotten done because that's the one thing uh, the one thing about this place is most of the people, you know, the majority are kids that saved up their, their money and came here because it's yeah. kind of, you know, where their heroes have recorded because yeah. they're younger, and, you know, and they've saved up their money. And, you know, they, you know, they, you know, a lot of people are like, well, we got to work all day. It's like, no, you got to work a good amount and you've got to go into the park and see that. Yeah. And you got to go to the thrift store because you might find a guitar or an amp there. Or a little keyboard that makes you write a song, you know, like, so I learned a lot from that. And plus it doesn't burn you out. The one thing that used to burn us out is when you're working from noon till five in the morning, the next day is kind of a wash because everybody <laughs> right. wakes up at, at two right. and goes to six in the morning. And then that's a wash because the next day is four till midnight because everybody's so burnt and nothing is really getting done. So... Right, so you get the same amount of productivity, or probably better productivity, when you just yeah keep to that same schedule. And you're not. I think, I think so. I think so. I, I've noticed that we do. I will say that like um, I have a couple of guys that work here, Hayden Scott and John Russo, the engineers, and we've got really. We we lost one of our other guys, Ed Monsef, who went back to dental school, who was amazing. <laughs> But we all wow. worked together. <laughs> yeah, he decided, like, he did the same thing as me. We're like, yeah, music is just a little, the business is a pain in the ass. But the, the, the thing about working with those three guys is you get a rhythm going. And the way it's set up here, all the amps are kind of along the walls. Uh-huh. So when you get into overdub mode, it's really fast because, you know, these kids have saved up just enough money to be here for a week or five days or sometimes three days to sure. do, you know, as much as they can. And, you know, you, you, you don't want to get burnt out, but we're lucky because there's so many, you know, if I'm here, if they tell me what they want, I can typically pick out the guitar and amp. And if it needs a pedal, I can pick the pedal and they're happy within five minutes. You Maybe know? dig around the closet, it, see if there's anything back there. Yeah, see, what did I, what? I've never even seen this thing before. What the hell is that, dude? <laughs> Try it. 
<laughs> and that's where it gets back to malfunctioning things. You know, you find, you plug in something, it's like, that's broken. Use it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's, and that becomes part of the, yeah. of the fun, you know, that's. Yeah. So important, important question. Did Iggy ever fuck around with the fun machine? <laughs> you know, I don't think he ever did fuck around oh. with fun. I really don't. I hate to say it. I mean, I could lie, but. You'd know, and then I don't know and be labeled a liar. Yeah, and I guess the the the, the second most important question would be if he had ever funked around on the fu- on the fu- on the fun no. machine. But uh, you know, yeah, I'm going to guess he probably ne- that's for next time. He did. Yeah, we're going to save that for the for podcast seven thousand four hundred and thirty-two. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Dave, it's it's been a, a total pleasure talking to you, man. Thanks so much for doing it. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. I had a really good time. You guys are awesome. And I guess uh, just one, one last question, and you know, we, we tend to ask this to everyone. Yeah, why do you do what you do? Because I have to. <laughs> Solid answer. Yeah, it's, it's what I do. Solid answer. Right on. Appreciate the time, brother. All uh, right, you guys take care. All right, take care, man. Thanks, Dave. All right, bye. Ah, there he goes, oh, Dave Catching. What Dave. a cool guy. That was great. Yeah, great, 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 great guy, great guy. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a solid dude. I've, I'm I'm totally like blown away that he has like regular people uh, coming by and, and and trespassing him. But I totally get it at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of get it, except for the fact that if I see no trespassing, I'm like, oh shit. I guess yeah, I'm not. Make, I, I don't immediately think like, oh yeah, except for me. Like, make a call first at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's not like he's he's not a difficult dude to get a fucking hold no. of. <laughs> Christ, I'm a fucking crutch. Oh. He's, ah. he's right about Iggy Pop. I'll tell you that. Yeah, one of my favorite performances of all time is this thing. Was on, on TV. Uh, was on Letterman, and Iggy comes out, jeans, shirtless. Uh, of course, red like <laughs> velvet gloves up above the above the elbow. Yeah, and on a ribbon around his neck, cauliflower. <laughs> Why? Why the so, fuck not? <laughs> so that he could tear it apart mid 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 performance and throw it out to the crowd. He was all over that stage. He was off the stage. He was in the crowd on Letterman. Yeah. It was Beautiful. so wonderful. Beautiful. And that's that's what Iggy does. Cool guy. Oh man, what a cool guy! And so and so is Dave Catching. That was yes. awesome. Uh, if you're a Twitter person, uh, Rancho de la Luna. He's a he's a good he's a good follow. Um, Pretty sure there's a there's a Facebook thing as well. I care about that really less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, if you wanna try to book something at the studio, email him. I think he gave out his email earlier in the show. So just like, <laughs> Dave at Red <laughs> Don't pester him. But if you do, don't go to Uncleverse Center. Yeah. Take pictures. Take a picture. It'll last longer. Do it. Um, yeah, this show is called Conan New Transport Tonic Reversal. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. So that's, yeah, that's all right. We're going to hard out. We're done. Um, we do this show every Thursday. Uh, it is 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Dave Catching Time. That's right. Radionope.com is the site. Radioneutron.com for the archives. If you're listening live. If you're if you're listening live, you got music on with music off coming up. I don't know what he has got, what he's got going on for us this week. Don't remember. It's been a busy it's been a busy week, but I'm sure it's gonna be fantastic, whatever it is. Uh, the oh new thing, if you want to hear these episodes sooner, subscribe to the show. 
Yes. We're releasing them almost immediately, and then, you know, if you want to hear, see Josh's write-ups, you got to wait. I, wait a little while for it. Take a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. If, Can yeah. you hear me now? Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Route 128, dark and low. Right? Yeah. Don't let your meatloaf. <laughs> take it easy. <laughs> to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the, it's the end of radio. The last announcer plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? broadcasting if there's no one there to receive
radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day. Hey, hey!